God is known in Judah. His name is great in Israel. His tent is in Salem, his dwelling place in Zion. There he shatters the bows, flaming arrows, the shield, the sword, and the weapons of war. You are resplendent and majestic, coming down from the mountains of prey. The brave-hearted have been plundered. They have slipped into their final sleep. None of the warriors was able to lift a hand. At your rebuke, God of Jacob, both chariot and horse lay still. And you, you are to be feared. When you are angry, who can stand before you? From heaven you pronounced judgment. The earth feared and grew quiet when God rose up to judge and to save all the lowly of the earth. Even human wrath will praise you. You will clothe yourself with the wrath that remains. Make and keep your vows to the Lord your God. Let all who are around him bring tribute to the awe-inspiring one. He humbles the spirit of leaders. He is feared by the kings of the earth. Amen. This is Psalm 76. This is one of the psalms that's appointed for reading for today, for this morning, out of the uh, Book of Common Prayers Psalter. I chose to read it out of uh, my Bible uh, instead of uh, from the Coverdale Psalter, which is in the Book of Common Prayer, in part because it's a better translation. (laughs) So it throws things off a little bit. But it's one of those psalms that should give us courage. Should give us courage in part because we can step back and we can realize that God has power. God is in charge. God has control. Even in the moments when we feel as though we are absolutely lost, that we have nothing. We have this picture of the promised land, of the of the land that God has given, the God who is known in Judah, his name great in Israel, where his tent is in Salem, so Jerusalem, his dwelling place in Zion, the promised land. And then he says, there he shadows the bows, flaming arrows, the shield, the sword, and the weapons of war. I wonder if God is a shelter for you. I wonder if God is the place where you run for safety, the place where you run for for assurance in some way, shape, or form, even when you feel like you have have none. Uh, we, are, we are a people, church, who, who tend to always have this necessity to take things into our own hands, to do things on our own, to make sure that they get done, to follow a recipe, to, to go in a particular order, and this is the way you need to do things, and you can't deviate from how you're supposed to do these things. When in fact, God works completely differently. God can, God can do his work in the hearts of humanity without uh, having to have his name up in lights, without uh, having to uh, be the, the center of all attention. And so God can be working with you through times in which you feel yourself at war, when you feel yourself at your worst, when you feel yourself completely beaten down. Because what God does, in the words of of Pastor Bill Swirla, what God does, more often than not, is he looks at the world, he sees sin, and he says, I can use that. So I wonder, church, how is God using the worst parts of your day to speak to you, 
to be with you, to dwell in your presence and for you to dwell in his? How is he, how is he using the worst parts of your day, your week, your month, your year to draw closer to you and draw you closer to him? As John tells us, he, 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 his work for us to be his, he, he draws us to himself. Is he doing that? Also, then, this, this picture of maybe you're in a position in which you feel as though there are people all around you, destroying you. Maybe they're telling lies about you. Maybe it, it feels like uh, you can't win, that there's critical people all around you all the time, making life hard. I wonder, do you, do you trust that God will bring his rebuke? Maybe even bring repentance to them in some way, shape, or form. I think of the Christian church around the world in places in which they are the minority, uh, which is an overwhelming percentage of the world, like in Afghanistan, for instance, and how they're having to trust in God right now to protect them, to give them life, to, to rebuke their enemies, to bring repentance. And that might not come until after many of them have long been taken. And then there's this passage from verses 7 through 10. Talk about how we're supposed to fear him. And then this question of who can stand before God as the judge of the earth? Who can stand before God uh, in his word, who can stand before God in his holiness? Well, the, answer, the quick answer is none of us can. But I love verse 9. What begins at the end of verse 8, the earth feared and grew quiet when God rose up to judge and to save all the lowly of the earth. To save all the lowly of the earth. The, the Coverdale Psalter, the Psalter that's in the Book of Common Prayer, said, uh, the earth trembled and was still when God arose to judgment and to help all the meek upon the earth. So when we read lowly, we, we, oftentimes we want to think the lowest ones in society. That's this position of the humbled, the humiliated, the ones who've lost. The idea being that you've been vanquished by your enemy and yet God is there to lift you up instead of you going into captivity He's raising you up. And then finally, there's this charge to us. Make and keep your vows to the Lord your God that all who are around him bring tribute to the awe-inspiring one. He humbles the spirit of the leaders. He is feared by the kings of the earth. I highly doubt that last line, he is feared by the kings of the earth. I don't think that to be true. I, I pray that it would be. And I think that's what the Psalms do for us in part, is it tells us, that we should be praying that the kings of the earth should fear the Lord because it's fear of the Lord that's the beginning of wisdom, right? Wisdom that is the necessity for being a good leader, being a good king. But this idea of promise in, in, in Coverdale Psalter, promise unto the Lord your God and keep it, all ye that are round about him, bring presents unto him that ought to be feared. Don't let your life be one in which you're expected to bring something to God all the time. And yet, it's, it's a question of response, right? That, that, so it's not a, well, you better do this or else situation. It's, 
This is what God has done for you. He's uplifted you in your lowliness. You've been humiliated by many in your life. You're being humbled and humiliated by sin. Satan, the evil one, is, is, is crowded around you, pummeling your body with flaming arrows, trying to get you to deny your faith. And God comes in Christ to vanquish him and to lift you up. What is your response? If that is true, if you're trusting that to be true, church, what is our response in that? I pray that our response gives way to an outpouring of love and gratitude and an acceptance of God's mercy, trusting that what he has done for us will continue to be true to the day we die and then after. Well, that let us pray. O Lord, we beseech thee, let thy continual pity cleanse and defend thy church, and because it cannot continue in safety without thy succor, preserve it evermore by thy help and goodness. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. All church, go in peace, serve the Lord, and we will see you tomorrow.